All right, so we're going to talk about wilderness strength. We just had our Strength of a Man weekend. Amen. Uh, we, yeah, we, had, we had a real good time. Uh, Ahmed Plummer uh, came in town from uh, Columbus, Ohio, and he shared, and Nate shared yesterday. We had a good rap session and panel discussion yesterday, just, uh, just talking about the strength of a man. And, you know, a lot of times... Uh, not just men, but a lot of us can be theorists. Like we, 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 you know, we had this tendency to talk about what we're going to do, and but not be uh, pragmatists and take steps towards uh, being consistent with it. You know, and and so you know, of course, I challenge the men not just to be dreamers, to be visionaries, but even uh, male or female, you know, we have these. We just came off at the beginning of the year. We have these resolutions going to be more disciplined, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to this, that, and the other, and it's just, you're just a theorist, uh, not putting nobody down, but you're just a theorist if you just keep talking and, and having all these things that you're talking about you're going to do and you don't do them, and so we really spent some time with talking about not just, not just saying something, but actually putting some steps to it and assisting it to manifest. So I know, you know, Ahmed talked about needing the Holy Spirit from the power of God. Nate talked about consistency and diligence and discipline um, and just, you know, just locking into something and sticking with it. But, but bleeding it, you know, he, he talked about, you know, you know, the same premise that you may use or what he used for sports. You're going to have to use it with your, your relationship and your walk with God. But you know, with that being said, we're going to talk about wilderness strengths because I think we don't we run from the wilderness but the wilderness is actually our friend right uh, which we'll find out today so so we talked about something uh, the Lord shared something yesterday that uh, God's strength begins at your place of weakness so God's strength begins at your place of weakness or we can say this at your place of quit so you get to a, we, we, we get to a place where uh, Sister Debbie, where we're tempted to quit. You know, I don't care what we're doing. We could be lifting weights, exercise, running, uh, uh, in marriage, friendships, relationships, church. You know, there's always this place. Like, like, it would be nice if every relationship we ever engaged in, it was just smooth. You know, just from that point. As soon as you decide to, you know, because something drew you into the relationship. You know, it could be a... Uh, uh, brilliant, something that's on the relationship, something about the person. It could be infatuation. It could be uh, commonality. Could be culture, whatever familiarity. But something drew us in, and it would be wonderful. Is once we was drawn in from that point, that same whatever butterflies, goosey, whatever it is. It just from that point on, you could just, it just keeps us on going. You know, it's like the gift that keeps on giving on its own. And they were talking about this morning, I, I don't know if it was Pastor Mel or somebody in the discipleship class, how you come into Christ. It was Ray. Ray says, you know, when he first came into the kingdom, he figured, I, I accepted Jesus. So once I accept Jesus, that's it, right? He was like, everything's going to be good, you know. I'm not going to deal with sin no more, lust no more, nothing. It's just because I've accepted Jesus because he didn't know he had to do something. And I think the same thing with relationships. It would be nice if it just... You know, the cartoons when I was growing up, the, the common theme was happily ever after. We never really saw what happened after, 
But we just assume, man, that's, that, that's sweet, man. You know, they came together, man. You see all them butterflies flying around and stuff, and it's just happily ever after. That would be wonderful. And I think we go into all of our situations with that expectation. And so we were talking about this with the, with the men, how like a lot of arguments in, in, in relationships, I don't know why I'm hitting this, but uh, for me, a lot of my arguments would be uh, triggered by logic. So like an amen, you know, do you relate? Because <laughs> I'm the logical person. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. I'm glad you realized that. Touchdown, right? <laughs> so, but it's true. It's triggered by logic, and, and 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 so this is the behind the scenes part of that logic. I'm like, we shouldn't even be be, be discussing this. So let's say if 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 I got some type of attitude or snapback, right? I'm going, no, 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 no. We're in love. This is a wonderful relationship. Where's the snapback? So I didn't overrode the point. The point of the discussion. I'm talking about the principle of how it's been presented to me. And that could take about three hours. Give or take four or five hours. You know, give or take. Why? Because now we're not supposed to be talking like this to each other. We're in love, right? Right, baby? <laughs> Where's that pretty face before you got upset? Right? You understand what I'm saying? So, 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 oh, you come to church and you're like, now we'll be walking on water together. And then, you know, the, the pastor says, oh, 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 you stepping on my toes right there, brother. Oh, 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 dial that back a little bit. What, what, oh, so, so I got to be perfect? You know, something happens where you go on. You've already told yourself you have a picture of how this is supposed to flow. Right? Yes. You know, the man of God, everything, and the woman of God, everything's supposed to be kind. It's okay. Do whatever you want to do. I'll just love you from there. It may harm you, but it's okay. Pain is good. It's good. Right? Not, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? What kind of man of God would tell me I've lost my mind or I talk too much? What kind of person would call me out on my lack of discipline? Nobody else said nothing about none of the other churches when I was late all the time. Who are you to address that? What kind of church is this? Everything is supposed to be kind. Isn't that love? Where's all this truth and hey, that sounds like a rebuke. That can't be God. <laughs> right? It's a whole lot of like little side comments being going on right now. That's not how church is supposed to go. You're just supposed to be cheering me on. Right? Amen. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, like this is, it would be nice if it flowed like that. Right. You come to God. You've been going through pain and heartache and frustration. Now you come to God and it's like, oh, now everything will just be wonderful, Will. Just wonderful. It's, it's just like paradise. Every day, paradise. I just love this. That's what, that would be nice, right? Wouldn't it? No, no, no. You just like. <laughs> but the reality is, it costs something. Yeah, it's just it costs something. I, I just have a wonderful relationship. It costs something. 
it wasn't free. <laughs> right? It cost something. Right? Yeah. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, With that in mind, when, it, when you start paying this price, you're tempted to quit. Right? Like, that's enough, man. Because in your mind, you don't just have a picture of how the relationship will go. You have a picture of how long you have to pay for what you want to get. Right? And normally, your payment or your, your limit of what it takes is much less than what it really takes. And it, because what, what it takes for you is what you're willing to give. It's not really costing you nothing at that point. Like, you got some love or patience to spare. Some tolerance, right? Now, when you reach your limit, normally you go, oh, wait, oh, 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 now this costed me now. So we're going to have to rethink this thing. And you're tempted to what? Quit. But, but, but the, the, the interesting thing is you're really tempted to have the person, okay, so you're going to have to do something now because I'm uncomfortable. So you're going to have to pay with my little funky attitude, you're going to have to pay for me being uncomfortable. So you're asking them to pay, but you're not willing to pay. Right? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Because normally we expect more than we're willing to give. Right? You know, even, hey, 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 this is your son. You have a mama. I guarantee you expect more from her than you're willing to give. Vice versa too, but I just figured I'd get on you right now, right? <laughs> I know you're sitting there thinking, oh, no, 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 it's not the way around, brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's just something in us that, that, that we only can see what's affecting us, not how we're affecting others. Right? And so at this point, when you're willing to quit, ah, that's where God's strength kicks in. Right? That's when that spiritual generator kicks in, when you come to the end of yourself. But sometimes we think the end of ourselves means it's over. Right? Let's go 2 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 7. I don't know if some of you have read this before, but I think it'll fit here. I mean, because we live this life, it's not supposed to be like this. You know, like something, <laughs> it's something to tell you, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be easier. It's not supposed to be like this. Uh, I'll give you an example from the guys that was talking. So Nate was talking about when he first went to Ohio State, he said he came into the weight room, and there's a, there, I, I think the, the name won't be a challenge. He mentioned it yesterday, so I'll mention it already on video. Uh, so it's a uh, wide receiver. David Boston. Now, normally wide receivers are, you know, they're fast, so they're, they're not huge, they're slim. David Boston was an exception to the rule. He was like a linebacker. So he saw him lifting weights in the weight room. He says, am I supposed to be at this university? See, so he had a picture going in. I'm a beast in high school. I'm going to go to the school, and I'm a yeah, what? Whoa, whoa, these guys are pretty serious. These guys are strong, and they're fast. You know, and they're quick. Can I handle it? So he had a picture. Now, at that choice, at, at, that, at that time, since he was recruited by multiple schools, he could have said, oh, no, 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 we won't be going here. 
no, 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 we got to get out of here. This, this is too much. He had a choice. Do I now pay? Because I realize I've maxed out to a place that still doesn't meet the demand of this new university. So do I go beyond where I was willing to go? Or do I quit? Right? A man said he comes into the university and they're laughing at him. Like, no, literally, he said they was laughing at him. Like, <laughs> yo, do you think you're going to play here? <laughs> like, definitely at the wrong place. Yeah, you'll be out of here in no time. And he had a choice. Do I quit? Because I waited my whole life to be at this great university and I thought it would just be wonderful. Oh, you're the special kid that came in. Oh, we just can't wait to see you play. You're wonderful. No, 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 no. They laughed at him. Laughed at him. And matter of fact, they, they have something when they start the season. Now they have a preseason players, all-stars. What is it? The, uh, no, what's the, not that, the, uh, the game. What's, what's Madden. So Madden, they'll have who, they already know who's starting. They'll have it in the game. A man wasn't in the game. Almost like he ain't even on the team. <laughs> like not even a consideration. You know, you go through the roster, and I know I'm here somewhere. <laughs> right? So even the game didn't consider him. He could have what? Quit. Right? Because he wasn't being considered. Nothing was, when he went to San Francisco 49ers, he said none of the guys was helping him. In his position, it was just like, you figure it out. A wide receiver, Jerry Rice, helped him in his position playing defense. The guys in his position ignored him because, you know, in some cases, they don't want you to take their job. Now, this is what he said. This is not what I'm saying. But, but he could have what? Quit. I could just tell people, well, at least I made it to the team. All right. Keep that in mind. 2 Corinthians 12. Starting with verse 7. I'm not, I'm not even in 12. All right. Where is that? Okay. It says, uh, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me or to test me, Lest I should be exalted above measure. So it, when it says exalted above measure, unless I should be overconfident. So it, it, says, it says through the abundance of revelation. So, so you have Paul who had achieved a level of revelation. Like he sees stuff nobody's seeing. So when he showed up, people were like, oh my God, you heard that from God? How do you hear these things? Oh, you're phenomenal in how you process and articulate and break things down. I've never seen no one like you. So he's rolling in a level of insight and a communication that people just don't have. So it's like showing up preaching, Minister Lamar, you preaching, and everybody's going, oh my God, he's, he's phenomenal. How did you see those things? Pastor Melanie, how? Right? He says, so unless he got overconfident, there was given to him a messenger of Satan to buffet him, to test him, keep him humble. Right? Keep them humble. Remember, after Jesus was endorsed by God, this is my son who I'm well pleased, the next thing that happened, which we'll read here in Matthew 4, he was sent into the wilderness. That was the next thing. 
after he achieved great greatness, and God says, that's he the man, he the man, the next thing that happened was the wilderness. Right? Just to keep you humble. Right? And here it says, that starts to be exalted in the revelation. It says, uh, verse 8. See, it says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice three times that it might depart from me Lord like why are you taking me through this I'm your God right it says and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness now that word perf perfection means complete my, my, my strength is complete in you when you're at your weakest point which is normally what we're avoiding right right it says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. So he's basically saying, when I'm going through stuff, I'm good because I know Christ is about to show up here. Right? That's what he's saying. He says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I'm strong. What he's saying is when I'm at my weakness, Christ's strength is at its greatest. So David said this in Psalm 27, 13. He says, I would have fainted. I would have given up. That word faint means to give up. I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. Now, we talked about something, I think, Wednesday, how we're all tempted with something called depression. Right? Right? Y'all know what depression is. You know, but think about depress. So, 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 so there's, I'm storing things. Uh, I don't know how to express myself on certain things. People may not understand, but I haven't given them a chance to either. You know, I'm just kind of, I, they don't understand. They can't figure me out. Uh, they, they, they would never get this. So, so we're all tempted when we are isolated and, and things are happening, you know, popping. You know how you like things happening, you know, excitement. You know, people go through midlife crisis because, they're like, ah, I just need excitement. So it ain't really, they don't even like what they're doing. It's just different from what they've been doing. You know, so it's, it's activity, you know. You know, so you got, you know, person never had a tattoo in their life. You know, 58 and they got a tattoo, you know. You know, <laughs> but, but it's excitement, you know. You know, never had piercings. All of a sudden they're wearing like big, big, big diamond earrings, you know, 65. You know, they just start, you wearing it. Just start smoking weed, you know. You know, it's like. Really? You just start smoking weed? What's going on? But normally, something had to happen. Or they had a certain style. Now they got a beard, you know, out of nowhere, you know, or, or, or <laughs> I know I was picking with them out of beard. But, but a flat top, you know, they got flat top with twisties, I'm picking with you, right? So all of a sudden, you know, just out of nowhere, you're like, okay, like, what's going on? Like, why do you keep wearing this char chartreuse suit all the time? You know, it's just, I need something. Like I, something's missing. I need some rhythm or momentum, right? I need something going on. Well, see, no, but what, what's happening is this person has not been used to something very special in their life called the wilderness. See, they don't understand what takes place in the wilderness. See, there's some things that, that they can't carry to the next level. You know how you go into the airport. Now, you know you can go to the airport with a knife in your pocket, uh, all types of weaponry, and you can you, you go to Starbucks and have you have some coffee. You can go to Wendy's, get you something to eat. But when it's time to go into the terminal, where you have to pass through a level 
to elevate yourself on a plane. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, 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 hey. This is happening to my wife all the time. Hey, 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 man, I need you to come over here. Like, so, so, look, look, a wand is being waved to detect what you have in you that you can't take to the next level. Right? Now, she was carrying this thing around with her all over the place. But when it's time for her to cross over into another place and to elevate in a plane, no, 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 you, no, 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 you gotta get that to me. Now, now, what, what, what's that? What, what that's called? That's the wilderness. The wilderness, and and and, and think about it, when you you're in the line, oh, man, let's get these shoes off now. You know what I'm saying? I'm dealing with this. Am I gonna catch this flight? You know, you got your little stuff. You people. None of this is exciting, right? None of this is exciting. This Am I gonna make this flight? Am I gonna make this flight? Are they going to stop me on my way to my flight? Are they going to prevent me from taking off? Make sure. I ain't got nothing else. So I, I got to catch this flight. <laughs> right, we go, we, we go into... <laughs> well, turn off the shoes. Uh, we go into all that. It's boring. It's boring. Then you get there and Lord knows it. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, Tammy, right? Ma'am, I need you to come over here. No, 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 no. Not here. Back here. We're going back here. <laughs> Bring your luggage. And they start pulling and exposing everything, you know, pulling out your underwear. You know, just. <laughs> you know, turning stuff over. Right? Look, oh, oh. Um, we need you to uh, strip down, take off your clothes. Yeah, I know they do that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, they do. It's another amen, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right, so. Got this. <laughs> so, 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 what's happening in this process is, it seems like it's, it's a discomfort. Because it is. But what it's going to forge for you and help you to smoothly walk through right? To go to the next level. Now suppose, you know, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, person's about to walk up to the terminal and they, ah. <laughs> and they leave the airport. Because they don't want to be checked. They don't want to go through that process. And so, so, so the wilderness is for us that process, right? The wilderness is for us for that process because ultimately every level we go through is a new demand of uh, pressure that requires a new demand of strength. 
And so what, so, so, so what God does is he purges out what's in the way of us having the ability to push through. Right? The scripture says in Isaiah 37, 3, it says the children have, have uh, they're, 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 they've conceived something. Uh, right? There's something that's trying to birth in them, but they don't have the strength to bring forth, to push it out. Right? Now, you notice about, you know, these, the women that are, have been pregnant um, understand this with children. They understand that there's a, it was a 40 weeks, right? And so 40 weeks is the time for the child if they go through the exact, you know, the right amount of time they develop, they get everything they need, right? Even though now that process is almost like a wilderness because you're like, you're uncomfortable, you're carrying around a child, you can't do, you can't eat all the same things, right? You just can't do everything you do. You just can't be, you know, rolling like you want to roll because, you know, you, you're, 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 you're carrying something, right? And, so, and you have to handle it a different way. So you just can't, even if you got bad habits, you got to cut those out, right? And, and, and if you don't, your body tells you, like, if, so if you're taking something that you normally could take in, your body be like, no, no please, we're going to be sick today because I'm not, I'm not fooling with this. Right? You, 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 you know, you, you start not trying to be gross, you know, you're throwing up and all types of stuff. Why? Because your body's rejecting anything that's going to stop you from birthing a healthy, a healthy gift. Right? Now, the interesting thing about the 40 weeks is, is, if, you, if the child comes out too soon, that, that's a danger zone, right? Yeah. The child got to almost like be in the hospital, in the incubator, until it's matured and ready to be displayed as a gift, right? Amen. So you don't want to birth the child too soon, right? Now, if you're taking the wrong things, you could birth the child too soon, right? Okay, let's say if beyond the 40 weeks, it takes longer than 40 weeks. Well, the child could die. Because they're not designed to be in there beyond that time. But the mother could die. Right? So, so there's, a, there's, a, there's a process for a reason. All right? So, so here, the children have, have this conception, this gift in them. Right? I know I just talking about children, right? All right, good. Right? But they don't have the strength to push it out. So, 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 so in this wilderness period, God is trying to give you what it takes to push out all that he's placed in you. Because what's frustrating you, what's tempting you to be depressed is what, what's going to stimulate your passion, your, mo your motivation, and your mood. It's just not taking place because sometimes we're making decisions based on what everybody else is saying. Like, like you join into the crowd, but, but that's not your design. So you're depressed because, okay... <laughs> I'm not even feeling this. I'm doing it, but I'm not feeling it. And on the inside, you don't even want to do it, but everybody else is doing it, and you're already flowing with it. Right? Right? You understand? Now, some people never recover from that. They've always done what they were controlled to do and not flown in what they were designed to do. Right? They're making decisions to make a living as opposed to making an impact. Right? All right, so good. Just keep that in mind. And so Isaiah 40, right? Because God, right now, what's, what's causing your frustration and sometimes your, your depression? And, hey, hey, you ever seen somebody that's not happy with a job or a relationship or their parents or whatever? You ever see how they act? 
So I had worked one of them. Some of y'all act like that now, so y'all probably can tell me. But, but it's, it's, it's kind of irritable, right? It's kind of edgy, you know, involuntarily nasty, right? Is that, is that, is that, is that cool? You know, because when you're not happy, you, you, ooh, you, you funky. You know, you're just snapping all the time. You know. Okay, just in case nobody told you, you've been snapping all the time. Okay, <laughs> just in case nobody told you. Right, because you're not in your, or like you ever like try to f- roll with somebody else's dream? So this person is in what they purpose to do, and at first on the front end you go, yeah, I'm just here to support you. I just, I just want to be here for you. Just want to be. But after a while you're like, what's going on in me? What's going on in you is God put a dream in you or put a vision in you, and so even though on the front end you're like, well, it'd just be easy to just roll with them and fly on their wings. On the back end you're like, ah. Yeah, because if you're working for a vision, let's say you're working for a vision, and on the front, they're like, oh, I'm going to be here for you. I'll be here all the time, and I'll just work hard for you on the front end. But after a while, what's start happening? Right, right. See, because what? You in that, you in that, that, that wound too long. So you could do that temporarily, but the Bible says be faithful in that, which is another man of God to give you your own. But after a while, it's, it's God's trying to push you into to, to what you're supposed to do. You've already been faithful. Now he's trying to push you into it, but something in us is, hey, I don't want to come out. Like the baby sometimes don't want to come out. You know, like, no, I'm comfortable in here. Why, why come out? Not knowing that if you don't come out, you die. Y'all still think I'm talking about the baby? Okay, good. All right, so I right, keep that in mind for Isaiah 40, right? Because we need some, 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 well, let's go to Isaiah 37 first, and then we'll go to 40. All right, Isaiah 37. I think it's 37. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. All right, Isaiah 37, 3. It says, And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This this day is the day of trouble and rebuke and of blasphemy. Why? Why? Before the children are come to birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. Right? There's things that's coming to birth, but it's not the strength to be forth. Now, three chapters later, in Isaiah 40, and we'll start here, verse 29. It says, he gives power to the faint, those that are tempted to give up, right? And to them that have no might, he increases strength, right? Even the youths shall faint or be tempted to be faint and be weary or uh, given up. And the young men shall utterly fall. They'll, they'll be tempted to fall, right? It says, it says, but they that wait on the Lord serve, that word wait is to serve like a, like a waiter, uh, wait on the Lord shall renew their what? Strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint, not give up. So he's trying to give us some strength. And this is the thing. You have to ask yourself this. Are you looking for a way out? Right? Or a way in? A way out or a way in. And so what God's trying to get us to do is to make a way in. Don't give yourself a way out. See, when you faint, I'm trying to get out. But every challenge is, is, is sent to you to produce a level of strength, a miracle, and something that's not been seen by you or anybody in your life. So God is hoping you try to look for a way in and a way through. Right? Not run from the mountain, but and conquer the mountain, right? And so, so let's let me see. Let's let's look at uh, Proverbs twenty nine. Proverbs twenty nine. 
And see, no respect to a person, young and old, and what happens is uh, young people sometimes are just starting to experience um, some of these different things, you know, as they, they, they cross out of the, the, the confines and the comforts of, of, of a home. Like we were talking about last night, how, uh, well, we were talking about an adult at the time we was picking with her, how she's been spoiled. And so, you know, the thing about being spoiled, you don't have to consider nobody else. You just think, consider what you need. And again, at, at a certain level of your life, that's cool. But you will always have to grow to a point where now you have to consider others and you'll meet demands that your previous shelter cannot help, for, help you with. Like you have to figure out a way to get through it or make a way in, not make a way out, right? Everybody goes to, like when I first, was, when I first got to school, even though I, I, I didn't like the way I was treated when I was growing up, I was just like, this is crazy. And so, you know, I, I just started to uh, participate in um, controlled substances, you know, just figure if I just numb myself, it'll go away. But, but when I came up out of that stupor, it was there later, only it was greater. No one told me I was supposed to nip it in the bud or take care of it when it presented itself, right? Not pretend it would go away, right? That doesn't happen, right? Because eventually you store, you store, you store, and then you start exploding on people like I used to do. All right, so, 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 so in this process, this wilderness is setting us up for something. Uh, verse 17, Proverbs 29, 17. It says, correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight to thy soul. This is where there, look, in the next verse is where there, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And, and, and it says, uh, <laughs> look, when it says correct, the wilderness is correcting us. Uh, so we, we talked about how people uh, have this thing called, well, you got to have balance, right? Like, you know, some of you have used that line before, like you got to have balance, especially when it comes to Christianity. That's the number one line. Well, you know, hey, you got to have balance. Got to have balance. But I submit to you, most of the time we're making that statement thinking this is a zero-sum game. So we think when we show up with zero sum, we, we do six months consistently in the Lord, more, most more than we've ever done. We feel the weight of that six months and we say, hey, you got to have balance. And so we balance ourselves with the poisons and the corruption of the world because we, we feel we deserve it, right? Because we've really been pressing for these last six months. But it's not zero sum. You show up with weight. When you go to the, the doctor and you step up on that scale, immediately the scale tips, right? Why? Because you brought weight to the table. When they balance the scale, they don't move that, 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 that number a little bit, especially for some of us, and ain't going to budge, right? <laughs> now, for all of us, it ain't going to budge if it's a little bit, but y'all know what? Don't, let, let, come on, man. we family, right? The, the guys, didn't we talk about that? Be honest and truth, right? So that scale is still tipped, and they move it. And you know how sometimes you feel that you're at a certain weight? You ever felt? You know, when you go to scale, you be like, yeah. You know, I've been working out, or I've been dieting. I did that on purpose. You know, like you, see, you step on the scale, and, and when they keep moving, you be like, what you doing? Sometimes you say to yourself, the scale is broke. Right? Because you want it to be. No, that scale ain't broke. The interesting thing is, 
it doesn't balance out until what? The wake equals out. So when you come to the kingdom, you show up on a scale of life with weight. When you start living righteous, you move in the, 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 you move in the little weight, the, the spiritual weight over. It, it ain't balanced until it equals out based on the weight you brought to the table. The weight of sin that you brought to the table. So it says lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us in Hebrews, right? But we're not playing off of the weight and the sin that we brought to the table. We're playing off of a zero balance as if we brought nothing to the table. And we call it balance when, I haven't known this for six months, soon as we go back into sin, we don't tip the scale because it never balanced out. We didn't give it a chance to zero out. You see what I'm saying? The wilderness is showing you where your true weight is. And what it does is it's, it's, it's saying, hey, hey, we got to get rid of this stuff because it's time for you to go to the next level. So at, 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 in that process, it seems excruciating. It seems funky. It's like a period of time. We was having this conversation at 17. I was sitting on the porch, 139 Goldsmith Avenue, and I was like, so God. Now, I wasn't really going to church that much. I went to Good Neighbor Baptist Church. Give you a shout out, Good Neighbor. Still there. Right? It's a Sunday school, but I mean, I didn't really know a lot about God. I mean, I knew of God. I knew how to mention God. I knew how to mention scriptures, but I had no relationship with God. I didn't know I was supposed to because I never saw one. Nothing personal to people watching that. Right? But so I'm sitting there like, so God, so you birthed me here for this? Is this it? This is what you put me here for? Like, what kind of God are you? This is what I was saying, you know. Thank God I didn't get struck by lightning. But, but I, I mean, I've always been real with God. I was like, so this is it, huh? This, this is it. That was exactly whew, 40 years ago. It was exactly 40 years ago. I didn't know the life God had. I was making that decision based on what I saw, not what God had before me. And I was in a wilderness there. But no one told me how to navigate through the wilderness. They didn't tell me it was a good thing. I'm trying to rush out. Trying to get around. Trying to excuse and trying to get mad at God. Like, what's this? Why am I here? Children of Israel got delivered. They got delivered from bondage. Do y'all remember that? They got delivered. The next place they went is where? How come God, this is God now. Why didn't God take them from bondage to the promised land? God can do that, right? And some of y'all might read it and go, man, God, why you just make these people go through all this, man? Then you mad at them because they start worshiping golden idols and stuff like that in the wilderness. Why you even take them there, man? You could have just took them right to the promised land. They would have been happy. Wrong. While they were in the bondage, they were being brainwashed. They were, weight was being added. Weight. Constant weight. Sin. Craziness. Depression frustration they were bound in their minds they had been in the wilderness so long so if he would have took them right to the promised land they would have been in the promised land but still operating in bondage they wouldn't even have noticed they're in the promised land you ever been in a you ever like been through bad relationship and now the relationship changes because you're praying for the person to change right and the person changed but it's hard for you to receive the person changing because you, all you got is a picture of when you were in bondage. Mm -hmm. 
and you and you told yourself this is never going to happen to me again, right? So now you're playing off of where you've been. You can't even see where you at. We went to a, a, a the council a couple. Now they believe God. They believe God for this beautiful house on a golf course. When we sat in the, so I'm talking to them. But when I'm sitting there, I couldn't. The, the, the fireplace, it might have been as high as the ceiling. All brick, it was high as the ceiling. I was like, and they, they're on a golf course and stuff like that. So I interrupted the session. I said, do y'all even have time to even look and appreciate the house that you're in? They was like, we don't even notice it. They argued every day. So God had placed them in a place of promise, but because they brought stuff from bondage, they couldn't even see, what they, they couldn't appreciate where it was at. So the wilderness is to purge you from also the mindset. So God delivers you first, and then he purges you of what could affect you really enjoying and appreciating the promised land. But we're kicking and screaming. We're not, we're not embracing all the wilderness tests. Right? That's another teaching. But, you know, last time I taught on wilderness, wilderness tests, right? So we're not embracing all that, but God is trying to get something to us, okay? So the wilderness is our friend. Look, Jesus, this is my son, who I'm well, who I'm well pleased. It, the scripture says the next thing is the spirit took him into the, into the wilderness. Luke, Luke 4, go to Luke 4. Yes, the Holy Spirit wants to do it his way, so I'll just flow with him. Alright, so so this is right after, of course, Luke 3 is when uh Luke 3:22 is the Holy Spirit descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him, and the voice came from heaven, said, Thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. It's God talking. Right, Jesus is endorsed. Then after that, it talks about the genealogy of how Jesus ended up being in the position of all the different generations, right? Then verse four, in Matthew, it skips the genealogy. It goes from, this is my son who I'm well pleased, and then uh, Luke 4, 1. And Jesus, look, now this is the key. Being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. This is after he's he the man. He scored 25 set touchdowns. He, uh, 1,700 goals or whatever. Right after all this blessing, he was led into the wilderness. And then, at, and the next thing that happened being 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended afterward a hunger, and the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone to be made into bread. Now he's being tested if he's ready for the promise and the power he's going to have. Right? He's being tested. Okay. Uh, Deuteronomy 8.2, you can write this down. It says, I've taken you in the wilderness, number one, to humble you, because we all need humility. That hum humility means I'm totally decreased and it's all God. Lack of humility is I'm, I'm in there. I'm, yeah, I'm sweet. You, hey, what? You ain't never seen nothing like this. What? What? You, you can't stop me. What? See, 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 that's, that's not humility. Humility is glory to God. I, I don't know how it happened, but I'm glad I was a participant. Right? And so, so, so it says, I, I put you in the wilderness to humble you, to prove you. You can read it for yourself, to test you, right? And then he says, so you would know what's in your heart, whether you keep my commandments or not. 
He says, because you keep saying, once I bless you and send you to the promised land, what you going to do? But I'm going to put you in the wilderness so you see what you really do, so you'll make the proper adjustments, so you will do what you need to do, because I don't want you just to obtain blessings and platforms and, and, and wealth. I want you to maintain it, and I don't want just you, just you to maintain it. I want you to reproduce from there. I want other people to be blessed because of you. So I want to show you who you really are by the wilderness, right? Deuteronomy 8.2. Deuteronomy 8.2. Deuteronomy 8.2, right? That's the scripture. When you're going through stuff, why am I going through this? Am I humble? Right? Am I passing the test? Will I serve God even in my prosperity and in my greatness? Right? In my relationship, in my marriage, will I still serve God? When he pays off all my debt, will I still, still serve God? When I finally have the house I want to or the husband or the wife I want to, will I still serve God? Wilderness will tell you the truth, right? All right, so here you got Jesus. He says uh, he was tempted afterward. He was hungry. And the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone to turn into bread. Jesus answered him. So the devil was tempting him to use his gifts to prove who he was. And Jesus answered and said, it's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds by the mouth of God. So he just used the word. He's like, I'm not trying to prove myself. I don't need to prove myself. And the devil taking him into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give to thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and whomsoever I will give it. So now he's trying to tempt him with stuff and power and fame. He's like, I get that with God. Like, are we serious right now? So I'm going, I'm going to pay for something that I already have. See, but he had to know that. That was a part of passing the test. He had to know that my source is God. He had to know that I have all I need with God. That's how Eve was tempted. Look, if you eat this, you'll be like God. So he had to get her to convince her that she needed more than she already had. That God wasn't enough. Right, same same temptation here. Uh, devil says, "Let's give them." It, it, it says, "It says, if therefore thou wilt worship me and be not." So he tried to give him to worship. Verse eight. And Jesus answered and said unto him, "Get thee behind me, Satan." So now he's operating in power. He understands. Are you serious? It says, "For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve." So he's like, I, "Listen, I, not only do I know who I am, not only do I know who my source is, but I know who to worship." I know who to submit to. So nice try. These are the same. Look, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know, first, first John 2. Same temptations. Remember, she saw the food, that, that, it, that it was good. It was, it was pleasant to the eyes. It would make one wise. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That was Genesis. This is Jesus being tempted. Right? And then first John 2 breaks it down, the script. Satan tries the same, same tricks all the time, right? And so, so Jesus was tested to see if he's going to pass those three tests that we all deal with, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, right? So he brought him to a pinnacle, and, and it's I'm, verse 12. It says, And Jesus answered, said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, right? It says, When the devil had ended all his temptations, he departed from him for a season. See, because he was like, I can't do nothing with the devil. And this is the thing about the devil or any bully. The devil wasn't going to hang around and get beat down. 
Because all he knew is Jesus would only see, I beat you down. So he tempted him to a point, and when it looked like he was about to get destroyed, he left. So he's like, I might be able to still get him and get in his head and think that I can do something to him. Right? So he said he left for a season. And then look what happened right after the testing, verse 14. It says, and Jesus returned. Now, he, now in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. So he came in the fullness of the Spirit, but he left in power, based on how he passed the test. And when he got filled with that power, then he was famous. That's when his fame started. After God endorsed him, he handled the endorsement with not, not having overconfidence. He embraced the wilderness, passed all his tests in the wilderness, purged out all that weight, all that pride, right? And he was ready for the promise and the fame because God knew, no matter, look, he, God had humbled him, proved him, he knew what was in his heart, that he would serve him no matter what level he took him to. Whatever platform, whatever trophies, whatever medals, whatever promotions, whatever gifting. So, so, so you, you have the gift of healing. Okay, so that means people are going to be healed, right? Are you going to be like, yeah, I healed about three people today. What? Who you heal? You heal anybody? Because yeah, you ain't gifted like me. You need to spend more time with God. Pray a little more. You be like my, at my level. Oh, no, 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 no. That person ain't going but so far. Because we ain't the healer. Jesus is the healer. The gifts aren't for you to focus on. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, the Lord uses me in this gift. The gifts are to use to benefit others. You're just a yielded vessel that the Holy Spirit decided to use to do it. None of us are sweet. That's so the wilderness is testing, are you ready for what I have for you? I see you ready for what you're willing to settle for, but are you ready for what I have? Right? And so the wilderness is trying to forge strength in you, right? You know, it's, it's, it's uh, because the scripture says, uh, don't faint in your mind. Don't give up in your mind, in your thoughts, in Hebrews, Right? And the scripture says, the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you. So this wilderness period that you have to endure as a good soldier is trying to set you up. So it says, endure hardness as a good soldier. What it's saying is, in this little funky, isolated, seems like nothing's happening time, seems like every, go here, be there, stand here, come back here, do your homework, uh, Go over here. Do this this way. Nah, nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Nah, we can do that. Hey, hey, come back, come back, come back. It seems like it's frustrating, but it's setting you up. It's setting you up. One of the things I learned about athletes, of course, I play basketball, so what I learned is uh, so I watch some of the, the, the greatest players. I, I, I research and study them out. And number one, they all like to win. But I realized they've all went through a point of restraint. So, so one of the greatest basketball players to ever play is Michael Jordan, Right? We're in North Carolina, Michael Jordan. It's one of the greatest, whether you think it or not, it's the truth. Uh, <laughs> right? But Michael Jordan was under Dean Smith, one of the greatest coaches ever to play. And when he was in North Carolina, he didn't do the things he did in the NBA. He, was, he, he had a level of restraint. He had to play with the team. He, he wasn't released to do whatever he wanted to do. 
He was a part of a team. Now, he, he was balling, but he was a part of a team. But he wasn't doing the things he was doing. He gets to the NBA, and it's almost like somebody shot him out of a cannon. But now was his time. He was faithful in another man's. And now was his time to be released. He had went through his wilderness. Vince Carter. Vince Carter played for North Carolina, too. And Vince Carter was not doing the things he was doing at North Carolina. They did in the NBA. But guess what? He was under restraint. He was in the wilderness. He went through a process. When he was released, phenomenal. Like it's just stuff no one's ever seen. It was in there the whole time, but it had to be honed and restrained. Uh, I met and uh, Nate talked about something that most people wouldn't even know. They wouldn't even think about. They say this guy played in high school, then he goes to college, and he plays well in college, and then he goes to the NFL. No, 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 no. There's more to it than that. When Nate talked about the discipline of getting up 5 o'clock in the morning and, and trying to take past the SAT six times, when he could have just gave up and said, well, I'll just take this school because, man, ain't nobody trying to go take that test. But he said he got up. He got up. He fixed breakfast. He, uh, he worked out. This is before school. It's high school now. Uh, then he went to the library to prepare for the SAT. He said a couple times he took the SAT before games. So he had his uniform and his helmet sitting there while he's taking the test. First of all, I took the SAT. Just showing up by yourself with no uniform, it gets on your nerves. Matter of fact, I, I, you know, I, I, I did well on it the first time. I took it my junior year. You're supposed to take your junior senior year. After I took it my, my, my junior year, I was like, no, that's enough. What did I get? We'll just go with that. We'll just go. Did that get me to school? I get in? Good. We'll go with that. Right? He took it six times. Man, listen, for a high school student, that is stress. One time. No, no, half a time. No, for it. No, listen, if you took the SAT, ACT, whatever, it, it's like, who created this mess? This is not English. This is not real life. Some type of guy in NASA. I'm not trying to be a scientist. I just want to go to college. Right? Six times. So then that's just behind the scenes. Passed it the last time to finally get in school, to still deal with the, the, the pressures and weight of the school. So I may have talked about this process, but this is something that they brought up that nobody would even think of. They, had, they talked about their strength and conditioning coach. So I remember Coach T, he's, he's known around the country. I think he ended up going from Ohio State to, to, to Pittsburgh. And they said the, 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 the workouts that he took them through, it was like, this is... He said, right now, he will probably be arrested. Or, you know, like, you know how, you know, they take you through workouts. Uh, now, it's like, hey, 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 they, they, they need 17 water breaks, um, five massages. Um, you know, if you could throw in some of them, them juicies, you know, the little juicy things and the, the little icy little things, just throwing a couple of those, you know, some croissants. <laughs> right? Like, now, now, they, that's how it is now. But he said, he, he took them through stuff where it's like, is he trying to kill us? But guess what? I, I was at Nate's Pro Day. And what stood out is it was straight domination. Lifting, jumping, running. It was straight. I, I remember it, you know. I was like, I said, oh, he ain't playing out here. But it wasn't just he just walked up. Doo -doo -doo -doo. <laughs> I'm going to do Pro Day. I'm going to be great. <laughs> no, no. He was broken down, broken down, broken down, broken down broken down and then broken down even more right to perform like that 
people ain't coming through Ohio State going to the NFL just because they they great players. They get there and behind the scenes, they're being built for the NFL. But suppose, man, ain't nobody trying to do this. Listen, I was sweet in my high school, and I've heard some guys say that. I had Bible study. He's like, man, these people crazy. I'm transferring. I was the man. I was Mr. Football. Yeah, but you ain't at your high school. You're going to have to embrace this wilderness if you want to be great. And so we're trying to get around that. We actually think, we actually think we're going to be great. <laughs> we're going to be great doing this. That's a sweet move right there. Let me see. Hold on. No, no, no. Wait, we're kidding here? We think this, just looking at it, is going to make us great. We think mimicking is going to make us great. Like we ain't got to put in no work. No, we're going to have to go through some wilderness. They, they talked about it. There, there is nobody great that ain't put in no work. There is no one. You don't get great at your convenience. You don't get out of the bondage and through the wilderness at your convenience. You can stop at this place of depression, which, which is called self-loathing, which is called drinking of yourself and what you've gone through. That's your delicacy. Or you can drink what you need to get out. It's not a, it's, 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 it's a, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a place to visit, not live. You don't live in the wilderness. Children of Israel was an 11-day journey. It took them 40 years. All because of disobedience. All because they didn't want to embrace what they needed to embrace. 11 days? 40 years? I just keep it real. I, mean, I was in the wilderness 40 years because of my dumbness and not being obedient. I don't want you to have to go through that. <laughs> you, you, don't want, you, you don't want to go through that. So I have a great testimony that didn't have to be as great. See, you ain't hear that. I have a great testimony that didn't have to be as great. So I, I created a lot of dumbness that God had to deliver me from, which looks like miracles to the people on the outside. I go, man, that's amazing that you've gone through that. How could someone go through such, such a thing? Because my dumbness did it, and I had to embrace it and go through it. Are you going to embrace your dumbness? Does that, that don't sound right, do that? <laughs> That's not. That, that probably came across a little off. Huh? <laughs> not your dumbness. I don't, you, you know what I meant. <laughs> All right, so, 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 I mean, I, I, let's stand on your feet. We, I, we'll talk about the rest next week. <laughs>